If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <laughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's modern mom problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, we're going to talk about mom rage. And I'm so excited because I have Libby Ward with me. Lib, I have to tell you, this is the first time that I had a guest come back a second time. So let me do a quick introduction Libby Ward is one and only. She is a force of nature. She is a mental health advocate, content creator, and honest mom. With over 1.5 million social media followers, Libby is a bona fide sensation who goes there, I'm using that in air quotes, goes there with all topics modern motherhood. So as I mentioned, this is the second time you're back. I love you so much. Lib, welcome to the show. You are so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. I love you a lot. And I love your content. And I love that we're going to talk about this. And I'm I'm just so excited to be here today. Well, I'm glad that you're back. So for those listening right now who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Okay. So I'm Libby. I'm a mom of two. My kids are six and eight now. I'm from Canada. And I started making content on TikTok in March 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic because I was lonely and drowning and it seemed like a lot of fun. Social media to me before that was really like curated and aesthetic and made me feel a lot of like guilt and shame and like I didn't fit in and didn't belong. And so TikTok was really like the place that opened the door for me to realize that I wasn't crazy for struggling in motherhood. So I started making content on there for fun, mostly comedy content. And then it sort of shifted into sometimes comedy, sometimes I'm going to make you cry all of the feelings. And I just loved connecting with women and mothers and talking about mental health and trauma and motherhood and the intersection of all of those things. And so it grew on TikTok and then I moved to Instagram and then that blew up. And then I was going to go to get my master's to become a teacher. And a week before I was like, nah, to my husband, I'm like, I think I'm doing a job. And that was about a year ago. That was September, 2021. And so I've been doing this full-time for about a year. And so now I'm a full-time content creator and speaker and mental health advocate. And I love what I do every day. And I'm so glad that you do it. And, and for the millions of people that follow you, we're so glad that you do it. 
So you have a now viral video about mom rage. It even landed you on the Tamron Hall show. So tell me about this video and why do you think the topic of mom rage resonated with so many people? I think it resonated because I was speaking to the fact that it's not always mom rage. I think that as women, a lot of us are frustrated, we're worn out, we're exhausted, we're burnt out. And it's all of because of these unrealistic expectations that society puts on us. But when we have negative feelings about it, when we struggle, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, when we're overwhelmed, society says, well, you just need to fix it yourself. And it's just another thing for us to fix. And it's almost like this gaslighting of, all of these things get put on our shoulders. It's too much. And rather than looking around and saying, how can we change society? How can we change partnerships and relationships? How can we change the expectations? We say, well, women, you need to fix yourselves. It's a rage problem. It's mm-hmm. always mom rage. And I think we need to start making a distinction between what is actually mom rage and what is just a natural emotional reaction to the unbelievable pressure and unrealistic expectations that are on our shoulders. So I think it really resonated because it made women feel validated. Like, no, I'm, I'm allowed to be angry. Like I'm allowed to be upset by these things that are happening. It's not just a mom rage issue that I need to fix. It's actually a societal issue and an expectations issue that needs to be fixed. And it shouldn't just be on mother's shoulders. So I think it really resonated because it made a lot of women feel validated in their frustrations. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. So like, we'll backtrack for a second, because I sort of just jumped into, to, you know, talking about mom rage. But I feel like, you know, let's like sort of define the topic of mom rage. How, how would you define mom rage? That's a really great question. So I'd love to tell a story, actually. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, about please do. I had my first baby, and I loved it. And I loved being a mom. And I had like really high perfectionist standards. And I was pretty good at meeting them. And I felt awesome about it and awesome about myself. And it was just wonderful. And then I had a second baby, and my world came crashing down. And he didn't eat or sleep very well for nearly a year. And it made me go into a deep, dark depression. And how that manifested was in rage was in anger and rage Mm -hmm. and frustration. And a lot of the information that I had gotten about postpartum depression was about sadness and apathy. And I didn't feel sad. I didn't cry. I was mad. I was pissed off the world, Mm -hmm. mad that my husband didn't go to work. I was mad that my friends didn't have kids. I was mad that my toddler still needed me, that my baby didn't do what babies were supposed to do. And I was mad at myself for being mad at everyone else. Like I was a rage machine. Mm -hmm. Did it always come out? Most of it. No, most of it was internalized, but it ate me alive. And then sometimes it did come out. And then I found myself so overwhelmed and so overstimulated and drowning that I all of a sudden was having outbursts of mom rage. And Mm -hmm. I was reacting to my kids in a way that I never wanted to. And that Mm -hmm. wasn't part of the plan. And then I didn't want to be like, and so for me, mom rage is like this unhinged anger, this like resentment and anger and just frustration that can come out in many different ways and sometimes doesn't come out. Sometimes people will think they don't struggle with mom rage because it doesn't come out, but we are feeling it inside and it's affecting so many other things in our life. So for me, mom rage is just a lot of anger basically, but I have really had to start pulling apart. Like, is this mom rage that I need to work on controlling 
Or is this not actually mom rage? Is this legitimate frustration that we need to try and find solutions to and not blame it on me just having to try harder? Right. Like that you're failing in a certain aspect or something like that. Right, right, right. And I think like as women, we internalize a lot of the ways that we can't show up as the moms we want to be. And when society labels everything as mom rage, then that just makes it even worse and making us feel like, oh, it's a mom problem. It's a Mm -hmm. me problem, something that I have to fix. But really, we wouldn't be having these extreme legitimate feelings of frustration if we were more supported. So it's really separating that. Is it an internal thing? Is it because some of us do just have more anger than other people. Is it something that I need to work on or is it something that is more to do with external factors? So for me, true mom rage is the stuff that we need to work on ourselves on the inside. And what we shouldn't be calling mom rage are all of the things that are contributing to everything being so overwhelming that we feel these strong negative feelings. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I'll share a quick story about when my son was young. I also had postpartum anxiety. I didn't have depression. I had anxiety. And so anxiety oftentimes, for me at least, would would lead to mom rage. When my son was four weeks old, he, he was born right around Thanksgiving, right? Literally the week of Thanksgiving. So four weeks later was Christmas time. And instead of going to someone's house for, for Christmas, our first Christmas, we had people over our house. And I had a four-week-old and we hosted... Christmas. And I didn't have to cook because people brought food over. So it was sort of like a potluck, but I did have to clean everything up. And I'll never forget after that evening, every, you know, the guests left. And it wasn't a ton of people, but it was enough people that, you know, we had them in our small New York City apartment. And, the, you know, people came and they saw the baby and they brought their food and we celebrated and they went home. But I was left with a sink full of dishes a house that was a mess that I needed to clean up. And I remember saying to my husband, I just can't even. I I can't even. I just can't even. And I didn't even know, I couldn't even find the words to finish the sentence. Like you couldn't even what, Tara? Like you couldn't even what, like clean these dishes, put the stuff away. I just couldn't even. And, And I just kept like repeating it over and over and over again, almost like that was just like the mantra that was in my head because I really couldn't break through to, like I said, find the words to even truly express my frustration at the fact that we, sort of against my will, hosted a holiday four weeks after my baby was born. Also, he was a C-section. So I was also four weeks out from having a C-section and I didn't even feel great myself. I was still in pain, still trying to like move and everything like that. So that was probably my first real bout with mom rage. Because again, like you said, I think it was some of those outside pressures to, you know, perform, host a holiday, do those things that you think like, you know, should be easy and fun and that's what you're supposed to do. And now you're a family and this and that. But it was challenging. Sometimes I still can't even, but at least now I could find the words for it. Yeah, no, that I I can't imagine doing that four weeks postpartum. <laughs> but like when when you're in it, I've done it before where I'm like, I just say yes to things being like, oh, that would be a big deal. Like, I'm sure I can handle that. And it's not till you're like in the thick of it that you're like, what was I thinking? Like, what, why yeah. did I say yes to this? But like when you agreed to it, it didn't really seem like that big of a deal. It's so hard. 
One something that my therapist always talks to me about is how it's so easy to label anger or rage or to label all the other negative feelings as anger or rage. And that's something that I've been trying to pull apart. It's almost like a mask feeling like you're feeling angry, but really when you pull it apart, you're actually jealous. You know, if I'm angry that my husband is sitting down after work while I'm cooking after working all day, am I actually angry or am I jealous that he gets to do that? Mm -hmm. Or am I resentful that he got to leave the house? Or am I, you know, if I'm angry that I'm alone on the holidays with my family and my husband's working shift work and all my friends are with their extended families and I'm alone, is it actually sadness? Is it grief? But it's coming out as anger. And so often, like the feelings that we have about the situations in our life, whether it's a lack of support or loneliness or loss of identity or being overstimulated it comes out as anger and it's easy to label as anger. And so I've tried to do a lot of work on self-awareness of like, I'm feeling this, like feeling the coming up my throat. Is it actually anger or is the anger masking some other feeling that I'm not truly aware of? Yes. Oh, I like that. Thank you for sharing that part. Cause, cause it is true. I think, you know, going back to the household chores, right? And many times resentment can build up, but I think you're right about the jealousy. It's like you're jealous that they're sitting on the couch on their phone while you're folding laundry or cooking dinner or whatever it happens to be. And sometimes it's not even like, Cause that makes it sound like my husband doesn't do anything. My husband is like a fantastic partner and he, I think he does more laundry than I do. You know, we both share, we share the load equally, but at the end of the day, and I, I don't actually mean the literal end of the day. I mean, generally speaking, <laughs> he, he is better. And they say men are just better at resting. They are better at leisure time. They are better at like compartmentalizing things and mentally going, I've done my tasks. I've done what I need to do this is my leisure time. And they sit down and they don't feel guilty about it. Like they just, they scroll or they go play golf or they do what they need to do. And they don't feel guilt. Whereas as moms and as women, it's like, I don't want to say it's naturally ingrained. I think it's also socially ingrained in us that we should always be productive. We should always be doing things. So even when we technically have done enough, when we sit down, we still feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And it's a jealousy and resentment of the fact that they can do it without guilt. It's not that they can do it and you can't. It's that they can just do it and not feel bad about it. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that there's something about mom guilt and correlating that to being like, I'm a bad mom if I sit and scroll my phone for a while, right? Or let, let's say you go to the playground and you see a mom scrolling her phone versus like a dad scrolling their phone. More often than not, that mom will catch more flack for like, why isn't she paying attention to those children? Like maybe she's on an important call. Maybe her father is not well and she needs to like speak with the hospital or, or um, you know, the, you never know what's going on in someone else's life. Or maybe she just needs five minutes to herself because she hasn't been on her phone all day. And and so it's important to show grace to people and not, you know, pass judgment and stuff like that. But I think that men, like you said, like can not feel that mental load of like, oh, I'm a bad dad if I'm scrolling my phone. Whereas like women are like, oh, I feel guilty. I could be doing X, Y, and Z instead of what I'm doing right now. Right. 
And some of it I'm sure is internal, but it's also the social factor. I heard someone tell a story the other day about how, you know, their husband was in charge of getting the kids to school on a certain week. And a few days in a row, he had either forgotten to pack a lunch or forgotten to, you know, send a sweater or different things like that. And even though it was the dad's responsibility and the dad had done it, the school called the mom, the school emailed the mom, the people in their lives made the mom feel like she had failed, even though it was the father in the situation who actually slipped up. Mm -hmm. And so you just see that as a society, women and mothers are held to this like higher standard than dads are. So it's internal, but it's also external because at the end of the day, if someone comes over to your house and it's messy, they're not thinking, oh, this dad should really be like keeping on top of this house. They're thinking, what's this mom doing? And it's so internalized that like childcare and things around the house are on women's shoulders. And so we feel that constant pressure that we can't mentally switch off. And mm -hmm. then that contributes to our overstimulation of like the mental load and like the physical load and all those things that make us like have our window of what's it called window of tolerance mm -hmm. yes so much shorter because you have so many things going through your brain all the time and all the pressure and you know if things don't come together it's going to be on your shoulders and so then yeah I think we do snap more easily because mm -hmm. there's just so much all of the time This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. Right, exactly. And going back to that that window of tolerance, on my podcast, I had this amazing woman, her name is Maggie Nick, and her Instagram account is called Parenting with Perspectacles. And she was talking about being at a 10. And we were talking about both children's emotions and parent emotions, but let's just for the time being talk about parent emotions, right? So if you're at a 10, you don't have much leeway to go before you snap. But if you're at, let's say, a five or a six, there is a large gap of BS that you can deal with before you get to a 10 and snap. And so what you want to try to do, obviously, is be lower so that you have more leeway, so that you're not a full teacup all the time. Because you know what happens to a full teacup, right? It's going to slosh over. But if you lower the the amount of fluid in the teacup, then you have more space to be able to work with. And, and our emotions are the same way, right? And our mental load is the same way. And so I like that window of tolerance. So if we take the, is it mom rage or is it mom is doing all the things for all the people all the time, you can really start to separate what those things are. And when we think about our cup spilling over, should we just add onto mom's plate you need to be the one to bring yourself down to a five or six. What can you be doing differently? What can you start to do? Can you start to do yoga? Can you wake up earlier, get yourself ready? All these things that we put on mom's plate to try and lower her number when really it's like, what can we put on dad's plate or the partner's plate? What can society start expecting less of mothers so that our window of tolerance is a little bit bigger? Yeah, absolutely. Preach on that. You really have your finger on the pulse of modern moms through your TikTok and your Instagram. 
what were your followers saying to you about the mom rage video? What were they talking about in the comments? A lot of moms were just saying, thank you for saying this. It feels like I'm the problem that I need to fix to myself. And I'm realizing that it's not just me, that it's everyone. And I think what we really saw with that video and the comments and the DMs that I got after that is that it is such a big social issue. It's not just one person, one family, one town. It's so many moms all over the place are feeling the exact same way. And so that says, you know, there's something that needs to be fixed and, And so many women have no idea how to fix it. It's like you just feel these feelings and you it feels like you're going crazy because nothing you do seems to help. And so I think people were just grateful that somebody put words to it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think a big part of it too is really, I know for me personally, it was like setting boundaries, right? That, you know, maybe you say no to hosting. Christmas four weeks after your son was born and you're still recovering postpartum. Or, you know, maybe you say no to those things that aren't serving you necessarily. I think it's important to have that conversation with your partner if you have a partner to say, hey, where can we split up responsibilities? And that the talk about mental load is an incredibly important talk. And uh, I know you read Fair Play by Eve Rodsky, and she's actually going to come on the podcast like in a few months. So I'm excited about that. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, (laughs) And it's important to have those discussions. They're really sticky and icky kind of discussions to start to talk about, but they're so important for your family's well-being and and your own mental health. Absolutely. And I don't think that we really truly understand how much of a domino effect that mother's well-being has on the entire family system, not just your partnership, not just your kids, but the whole way the family functions. And then the way the family functions like within the community as well. When you have a mother who is having her well-being taken care of, then that benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. So for you personally, like when you feel like you're starting to get to a 10, how do you bring yourself down? How do you calm yourself down? Can I tell you a story? Yes. I love stories. Love stories. Stories are just the way to remember things. So yesterday I was working from home as I do every day. And right now my husband is away working. He's gone Monday to Friday. He decided yesterday on a Wednesday, he was going to make the two hour drive home to visit in the evening. Okay. So I had been working all day. My meeting went late. So I didn't start cooking dinner until after five. And, you know, my one child was having a bit of a tantrum and crying and I'm cooking dinner. And then my husband comes in the door and as I'm cooking dinner and I'm thinking of all the things that I didn't get done, like for our family, like booking appointments and calling the school and all these other things as I'm cooking, because my workday went late, I'm stressed out. Like I'm at like a 9.5 and he's literally just trying to tell me about his day so calmly, just sitting there telling me about his day, trying to connect with me, not doing anything wrong, just telling me about his day. And I just stopped him. And I was like, I really want to hear about your day, but I can't hear it right now. Like I'm going to snap. And if I had a snap, it would have seemed like I was snapping just because he was talking to me. And that would on the outside look so unreasonable. Like, I'm just trying to tell you a story. And here you are snapping at me. Like I drove two hours home. He wouldn't say these things, but you know, that's Mm -hmm. what it looked like. But the reality is I was aware of all of these different things. Like I'm cooking. I feel behind. I have all these things in my mind. He's talking to me. What can I do? I can't just stop cooking dinner. 
Cause mm-hmm. like I'm hungry. I'm also hangry. So that made it even worse. Right. You, you know, we talk about like meeting our biological needs for like sleep and food. So like I'm starving, like I'm so hungry at this point. So what do I like? It always for me starts with self-awareness. If you're not aware of the things that are making you feel like you're at a nine or a 10, then you have no idea what you can practically do to stop yourself from losing your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and then that awareness is going to inform what you do as well on a different day. It might not be that it's him talking. It could be that the TV is too loud or it could be that the kids are fighting or whatever. So then that awareness is going to contribute to it. So yesterday, my strategy was asking my husband to stop talking, (laughs) you know, on a different day, it could be putting the TV on, on a different day. It could be going into my bedroom and locking the door and covering my head with a pillow. So there's different things that we can do every day when, you know, we feel ourselves reaching that point or even just things we build into our routine. So our routine now is like, if we go out and anytime I go out with my kids, I just find it so overstimulating, whatever we're doing, even if it's fun, like just the noise and the thinking and all the things. So our routine now is when we come home, like the kids have quiet time and I have quiet time, like whether it's in my room or whatever, if my husband is there, he watches the kids, if he's not then the TV goes on. And so there's things we build into our routine. There's things like me using noise canceling headphones because I, or earplugs, because I get so overstimulated by noise, but that just by taking that like layer of noise out, it just brings me down a notch Mm -hmm. or two. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's things like that. And even just waking up each day and being like, okay, how did I sleep last night? How am I generally feeling? What is my stress level? What does the to-do list today look like? And like, can we realistically attain it? So like maybe you clean, you planned on like cleaning out the front hall closet today, but you slept two hours last night. Are you still going to keep the same expectation? No, you're going to change it. And then it's also getting comfortable with disappointing people. So if you said, you know, I was going to do X, Y, Z with a friend tonight, or, you know, I committed to doing X, Y, Z for somebody and you're having a horrendous day rather than saying, oh, you know, I still said I was going to do it. So I'm going to do it anyway. And then having a breakdown, be okay with being like, I can't do this. I said I was going to, or I know I said, I know I've done Christmas every year, but I can't do it this year, you know? And it's being okay with setting those boundaries and disappointing other people because you are valuing your own well-being. Mm -hmm. That's a really long answer, but. It was a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) Self-awareness. It does. It really does. I I think, you know, whether you call it like self-awareness or mindfulness, whatever you happen to call it, it really is important to check in with yourself to say like, this is how I'm feeling. You know, I'm starting to feel that nervousness. I'm starting to feel that anxiety sort of creeping up a bit. Like you said, you feel it in your throat. I tend to feel it in my chest. And so when you start to feel that, you need to like put your hand up and, and say something and advocate for yourself and say like, I love you, sweetie. I'm glad you drove home and I want to hear your story, but I need to finish cooking dinner or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Right. And the thing that doesn't work that I think a lot of women try is shaming themselves out of being at a 10. Oh, well, you shouldn't be at a 10. The kids were well-behaved today. Oh, well, you shouldn't be feeling stressed out. You should be grateful your husband came home. Oh, well, you shouldn't be at a 10. You know, your mom took the kids this afternoon for a bit. You shouldn't feel this way you know, you're invalidated and feeling this way. And we do it to ourselves all the time. And we think that by convincing ourselves that it's not that bad, that it's going to make it feel less bad, but really it just makes it feel more bad. Like really it takes our energy and our time, like in shaming and guilting ourselves out of feeling like, like you're about to snap, then doing something differently so that you don't snap. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's sort of like backwards in a certain way. Right. 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 It's like, just don't, don't waste your time guilting yourself and shaming yourself about it. Spend that time being like, what can I do to stop myself getting, feeling worse? Yeah. Do you rage clean? Mm, Do I rage clean? Yeah. It's few and far between, but it comes. And when it comes, it's like, I am on a mission. Like I am on a mission and it feels good when I'm done, to be honest with you. It does. Right. Like I know people like joke about rage cleaning or say like, that's a bad thing, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm really detailing the heck out of that refrigerator and (laughs) then ultimately it feels good. And I probably would not have found the time to do it otherwise. So there's a time and a place for rage cleaning. Right. Absolutely. And just like putting that emotion into something, right? Productive. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There is an amazing book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's by the Nagoski sisters, Amelia and I forget the other sister, but it's called Burnout. And so they talk about the stress cycle that our bodies go through because we're always going to have stressors, right? Mm -hmm. Like dumb to think that we're just going to get to a point where life is not stressful. Like there's always things that are going to be coming up and they talk about like the scientific research behind what actually helps us to like move through the stress cycle instead of just stopping it, like moving through it. And they've got like five different strategies that are pretty straightforward that can help you to move through that. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so powerful. One of them, for example, is like exercising, which of course we're like, yeah, we know we don't have time. But another one is just like a grounding hug. And they're like, and there's like a method, like the type of hug. Like it has to be like, you both have to be standing. It has to be like a certain length of time. And like, it actually like releases stress hormones, like from your body and like lets them go. And so there's these just, I don't know, just different things we can build into our lives that just like bring us down mm-hmm. a couple notches. But what comes with that is having a partner or a support system who allows for that, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just really overwhelming when people are like, oh, make sure you're exercising or make sure you're doing that or make sure you're doing that. And if there's nobody else in your life who is willing to take over so that you can do those things, it makes doing those things even more stressful. Yeah, yeah. Does rage cleaning count as working out? I mean, if you're sweating, I think it <laughs> right? I feel like that counts as movement because oftentimes movement is one of those, those things. And so. Absolutely. And it's like doing something from start to finish too. Like there's something so therapeutic about being like, I started this and I finished it and look what I did because as moms, like so many times you either don't finish things or you do. And within a moment it's undone. So there is something like so therapeutic about being like, I cleaned this fridge and it's going to stay like this at least for 18 hours. <laughs> for at least a little bit of time I'm gonna feel so productive and that I like used my energy for something good yeah we're using our power for good yes exactly exactly Libby Ward thank you so much for being here tell everyone where we can find you online you can find me on social media at diary of an honest mom tiktok and instagram and on my website www.diaryofanhonestmom.com Awesome. What's next for you, Lib? What's next for me? I mean, hopefully one day I'll write a book. 
I'm doing a lot of public speaking. I am releasing a journal, actually. I just wrote a guided journal on building up self-awareness. So a lot of moms in my community have been benefiting from that and setting realistic expectations and fighting mom guilt and all that fun stuff. So right now it's available for free on my website as a download, but I, you're the first person I'm telling I'm actually making it into a printed journal. So keep your eye out for that. Awesome. That's amazing. Libby Ward, I adore you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.